This is Hockey Central on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Finally Friday and uh, getting ready for the weekend here in Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Flames radio crew getting ready for the the first preseason game against the Edmonton Oilers on Sunday from the Saddle Dome. And then back to back, they'll play the Canucks on Monday as things get a little uh, get a little more real around here. It's Kelly Kirsch and Logan Gordon. We'll, uh, we'll talk a lot, obviously, about the Calgary Flames and training camp and team captains and all that kind of stuff. We'll do that probably in the next segment. But first, let's kick off. Uh, let's find out what's happening at training camp. Let's talk to Lou. Flames Insider, Peter Lubardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Mr. Lubardius, how are you? I am very, very good. It is Very well. That's good. It's Friday. It's starting mm-hmm. to feel a little bit more like fall. And hockey is upon us, my friend. We had the rookie games, and now we get ready for... The first preseason game, and uh, yeah, a couple practices and under the team's belts. The groups have been out, and you know, after a couple of days, what are you what are you looking at? What are you thinking as as uh, you know the main storyline? I think we've talked a lot about like the one group, the main group is the group, but uh, maybe just some other thoughts on what you're seeing so far. Well, you know, it's the way things are split up. You know, it's it's very much an NHL group and. Then a group of players who are out on the ice right now with, you know, Glenn Godden and Pospisil and Pelche and Poirier and Dustin Wall. So, you know, and Connor Mackey. So, you know, for Connor Mackey, I was, I wouldn't say shocked that he isn't part of the other group because when it all boils down, Kelly, you have eight preseason games. And and what I'm interested in is to see how it mixes and matches when the preseason starts in a camp where it just, you know, you listen to Daryl yesterday talk about seven, eight new faces. It doesn't seem like that, but that's the reality of the situation. You know, it's, it's not exactly the same group coming back so you know you're gonna have a different backup goaltender you're gonna have new pieces on the back end um obviously you know a very veteran group of forwards and you know the additions of Richardson and Trevor Lewis so you know and then Blake Coleman who was the big off-season acquisition who you know just had an opportunity to, to listen to him it was great today the three players that they brought out were uh, Markstrom, Coleman, and Zadorov, who's <laughs> who is an interesting guy and a, a great quote, which isn't always the case for guys from the country of Russia, but he most certainly is. Um, I'd like to tell you there's a lot of new things to report. There really isn't. The one piece of news today is we found out a couple of hours ago that Connor Zeri did actually – uh, suffer a fracture in the ankle after blocking that shot on Monday that, you know, sent him to the ice in an absolute heap. So he's more in the week-to-week category. So, Kelly, that's 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 the news, really, of the day. And it's disappointing because, you know, Zeri would be one of four or five guys on the outside that, you know, you really wanted to see what he would do against, you know, NHL competition and not sure we're going to see that now in the preseason. Yeah. I don't think that was a surprise if people saw that video, it went down and he went down that, that looked like it stung and it obviously did. So Luke, before we get to Logan, um, when do you think we're going to know who is going to be playing for the flames on Sunday? Like when, when do you think that lineup will release so we can uh, overanalyze Uh, it like we always like to do Sunday morning. Okay. So it's maybe yeah. sad, maybe Saturday night. Um, I don't think you'll see anything publicly as to who's going to play for either team until, you know, the morning skate when we come here on Sunday morning and the way the camp is set up, you know, the 10 o'clock group on Sunday morning is going to be the game group. And, you know, my guess would be, 
you know, some of us might get a little bit of intel prior to that on Saturday, hopefully from a preparation standpoint. But that's the way the preseason works. You know, it's it's all it's probably Kelly. You know, I love it, but it's the most challenging time of the year because you know there's so many players. You don't know for sure who's in and out. You know, the regular season is a snap in comparison. So. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that we'll know that or our listeners will get a chance to know that prior to about 10.15 on Sunday morning. Lou, with not a ton of news, really, items through training camp so far, we've seen the main group and their lines and pairings stay the same as they were yesterday. I guess the bigger thing for us to dive into is sort of how Daryl's approaching camp and how he's you know, looking to fill out this group and we're going to talk to him, you know, hear from him, you know, daily as these weeks go on in training camp. We get closer to the regular season, but yesterday he was asked a lot about what the back end is going to come together and look like. We got our first idea of what his initial pairings were going to look like and how really this team comes together to replace Mark Giordano, I guess, on that back end with two really new guys in Goodbranson and Zadorov. We're starting to get a feel for that from Daryl and how he's going to go about doing that. Well, we are. However, Logan, probably one of the great takeaways from what he talked about yesterday in the camp is, you know, that's his area of concern. And not concern that there aren't good players available, but he made no, you know, bones about the fact that, you know, up front, there's going to be some changes probably. But, you know, would I be shocked if, the four line combinations we've seen in the last two days at forward is the way it starts October 16th, barring no injuries or, you know, a shocking surprise in the preseason. No, but on defense, you know, as Daryl talked about yesterday, and and it's very true, we kind of forget it. It's, it's still a relatively, you know, young group back there with, you know, I know Noah's played over 300 games. You know, Rasmus is still, 24 years old and you know Yuso's trying to find his way and so without Mark in his 23-24 minutes what Daryl said one of his focuses is is to to watch and hopefully in the preseason you know find pairings and roles that work um, you know in the case of Zadorov and I've talked about him a few times 26 years old you know, it has not been an easy road for him so far in the National Hockey League. Three different stops. The former first-round pick in Buffalo going back to 2013. Um, I, I wouldn't say that he's completely unlocked all the upside. He's going to start, at least in the preseason, I would assume, and won't be the least bit surprised if we see him on Sunday paired with Chris Tanev, who's talked yesterday that was a big part about how that might benefit him and and logan if we have it um pretty interesting answer today from zadorov i thought when he was asked um you know are are you ready for the challenge of being part of the top four here well i played top four last year in chicago well, I mean, I don't know. Did you guys watch hockey? No. I played top in the top top uh, D pair with Murphy for like 80% of the games. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I'm open for the challenge in here, and uh, it's, uh, we'll see how the camp goes. I don't want to uh, look in the, uh, too far forward. I mean, uh, I really uh, probably gonna enjoy the play. I like the, the, this role, and I think with Taney we're gonna have a pretty good shutdown role as well. So I'm I'm ready to play big minutes, and uh, uh, had a great summer. So uh, I'm ready for the challenge, definitely. Shutdown role is, is something you're comfortable with. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not a power play guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not a power. Thank you for play. the honesty. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a he's a great clip, and gonna enjoy interviewing him and hearing him interviewed this season but you know the other thing i thought about this morning kelly and you'll appreciate this when you are from russia and i have a little experience you know internationally in terms of 
you know, dealing with some coaches and how the Russians go about their business. Well, every single player in the last two days has pointed to the fact that Daryl is black and white. It's clear. Nikita said, you know, he's hard. He tells you exactly what he wants. I'm going to guess that that's not foreign, no pun intended, to Nikita Zadorov. That's totally what he grew up doing. uh, Right? Totally. That's that's his thing, and that's what you're used to. And the coach coaches, the players play. I bet you Nikita thinks that's just awesome. You know, and and he's had lots of different experiences. You know, he he came to Canada to, to play junior for Dale Hunter and the Hunters in London and, and talked a little bit today and had a great experience there. And, um, you know, and I know Dale well, there, he's not Daryl, but there are some, there are some real similarities uh, in terms of, you know, that the message would be clear. So, you know, you wonder sometimes and what we're comfortable in can really make a difference. And I know one thing about how the Russians go about their business whether it's amongst themselves or how they're coached, I don't think there's a lot of massaging that goes on. Now, not everybody is the same. Not everybody. They don't, they don't have coach. feelings Fridays. They don't have that. No, there's. I don't. I have not seen a lot of feelings Fridays. Certainly not. You know, from what you would call the old guard. You know, like everybody else, things have changed over there too, and so have the people, and so have the kids, and um, but. Yeah, I, I don't think over there, you know, they're worried about hurting somebody's feelings. Well, I, I like him because he, he's uh, he's a guy that's got a lot of experience, obviously, in the NHL. But you had talked about it yesterday that you had watched him when he was in the OHL. And it's always just that upper hand that the, that the Russian and Czech guys get when they do spend so much time in North America. And they're, you know, they have billets that are Canadian and, and don't know Russian. So you sort of... You have to get acclimatized, and, and it's just one of those things. It it seems to give uh, those guys a bit of an advantage their first few years anyway. Well, it, it, yeah, when, when guys come over here earlier, it, it makes their ability to adapt at this level. It makes a massive difference. It, it really does. So, yes, he's been in North America for a long time. He's played on a bunch of teams. I personally still think there's more there. Um and when he talks about being potentially part of a shutdown group, that's how they see it. I, you know, it's, if if it fits, Kelly, and that's you know that's what Daryl addressed yesterday. You know, he knows the importance of a some of their younger defensemen taking another step, and b how is it all going to fit. So. Um, he's, he seems to be more comfortable up front, and I understand why, because, you know, you love the word, Kelly, but it seems to slot pretty well there. We're not, we're, not, we're not quite sure. We're not quite sure about how it's all going to look, and, and I would expect, you know, it will change too. And I, and I think, you know, the first guy that comes to mind is Yusuf Valimaki, and Rasmus Anderson – you know, you want those guys to take another step. And there's other steps to be had. Yeah. So so the defense and for a team that, you know, that's going to be their bread and butter. That's They're going to defend hard and you're going to have to play that part of the game the right way or you're not going to play. That's, that's just the way it is. Peter Labarni is our guest here on Hockey Central. It is Sportsnet 960, the fan, as we talk about the Flames training camp. Their first preseason game is Sunday at the Saddledome as they take on the Edmonton Oilers and then get on a plane and take on the Vancouver Canucks on Monday night. We'll have them all for you right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. want to talk a little bit, kind of revisit a little bit and go off script a little bit, guys. We, you, uh, we talked about Sean Monaghan and Johnny Gaudreau being reunited and it, it made me think a little bit about it. And then the guys on the morning show, they really kind of dug into it and talked about, you know, spreading that offensive uh, around. And, and, you know, if, if, you, if you don't do that, then who plays with, with Sean Monaghan? And, and Rhett had a, you know, a, a pretty, kind of a stinging point that, that maybe I didn't agree with. But then I thought, well, 
maybe he's got a point. This this team is so reliant on if Sean Monaghan can get back to where he's at, get back to that 30-goal score. If he doesn't do that, then I think we're we're in big trouble kind of thing. Is, is, that, is that too harsh to say towards the end of September, or does it have some validity to you? It has some validity for sure. He, he and Johnny will need to be more productive for sure. Um, and if they can be, and, you know, I think they're going to start together, and I understand why they're going to start together. Kelly, this team is going to have to score. Um, they need more balance. They need more contributions from more people. And, you know, if, if Coleman fits, and I think he will, with Kachuk and Lindholm, and we'll see how it all goes. Listen, in the NHL, for good teams, teams now are built with three lines in the perfect scenario that they think can contribute. So, yes, those guys are going to have to contribute. Are they going to have to do it at 99 points again for Johnny or 30 goals for Sean? Maybe not to that extent because I think there's – more to go around here now potentially than there once was but yes you know you you have got this team is going to have to get production from a lot of different places or there or it's going to be tough sledding jacob markstrom spoke to the media today lou what did you uh hear from the flames goaltender that you liked and uh, obviously the Flames number one again this year will be relied upon a lot if history tells us anything about how Daryl Sutter handle, handles his number one goaltender's uh, workload. And I think by most accounts, Jacob's going to be just fine with uh, shouldering that load for the Flames. Do you know how many games Jacob Markstrom would like to play? 82. 82. <laughs> and, you know, he made mention of the fact that, you know, he's focused on – he loves playing the game. There's nothing he enjoys more. Mentioned that again today. He works incredibly hard at his craft. Um, you know, he goes, I'm here to play hockey and win games, and I'll be ready for the challenge. I'm not thinking about the numbers or the split or what's going to be right or what isn't. And, Logan, more than anything, I wanted to bring this up. I wouldn't say it's a pet peeve for me. No, I would say it's a pet peeve for me. We're always getting into conversations sometimes about goalies as to how much the backup is going to play. Okay, I understand, you know, there's 14 back-to-backs, which I personally think are a little overrated sometimes in terms of what you can and what you can't do. Um, But you know what? If you want to make the playoffs, if I have to play a guy 60 of 70 to give myself the best chance, that's what I'm going to do. I don't care about spacing out workload if I can't get to where I want to go. I'll take those chances, and again, that'll be fine. Then somebody might say, well, he had nothing left for the playoffs. Well, you know what's interesting about that? He's got to get to the playoffs first. So is he going to play a ton as long as he's healthy? Yes. Does he want to play in the Winter Olympics? I asked him that. Yes. It would be a dream come true. So he's going to play a lot of hockey. And the other question I asked him about that I wanted to bring up on the hit is I said, where has your game grown the most? And, and he said... You know, he's a very emotional guy. I remember going all the way back to the first times I watched him, which was in the 2009 World Junior in Ottawa. And he was so wound up going into that gold medal game against Canada that it got the best of him. And and that was harder for him early on. But he said he's done a much better job as time has gone on of still being incredibly competitive But he said, gone are the days now where I'd come off a bad game and it would stay with me for many a day. 
and and he said that's probably the area that he's made some really good strides in. Yeah, interesting, and and you brought it up at the end. I think we have a new segment though. Is you know, what what's bugging Lou today? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, you guys, you guys can chime in. I mean, I love this show because yeah. we have a conversation. Well, oh, I don't know, Kelly. Maybe, maybe for you, it's different. But I don't know. It's 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 the same in other sports where, um, you know, we got this guy's on a pitch count, or we can't. Basket, I got to win. Basketball's really bad win. for that. Hey, they always talk about you know oh, we're gonna rest this guy or do that. <sighs> but I, I think I had you with. Like if this was not an Olympic year, I get you. But I think if if playoff games are worth what five regular season games or whatever they say, I don't know what an Olympic game would be with crazy travel and stuff. I I wonder how you kind of manage his time and his workload with the Olympic piece in, involved with that, guys. I don't know, Logan. What are you, am I? Am I crazy? <laughs> no, I think that makes I think that makes sense, Lou. Yeah. Well, I mean, is it a concern? Yes. My only point is, if you don't get to the dance, does it matter? Like, if I go to the dance, I might have my eye on whoever. Of course, I don't anymore. But, but back in the day, you know, if, if, if I can't get in the building, does it really matter? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not leaving with her if I can't even get in. <laughs> Maybe it's... Maybe they do what they and did. And in with... my case, I'm not leaving with her even if I do. But <laughs> I think where um, I'm going, right? I know what you mean. I'm going. I know what you mean. But I also think that maybe maybe they have to do what they did with with Kipper, right? Where he sort of just didn't like the Finnish Olympic squad there. Like he was all mad at them for a while. So maybe that's maybe they have to do well, that. I don't know. I mean, it, it'd be so awesome. I think, you know, for Flames fans, it'll be so awesome to see the guys play for whatever country they're from. I think it'd be amazing. I think it's going to be an awesome February and, and one that's well overdue. Absolutely. Absolutely. And listen, um, you know, when you grow up in North America, for sure, you know, Stanley Cup is front and center. But when you grow up in other places, and it's changed, don't get me wrong, it's changed. And it's a massive, massive deal. But I asked him, and, and Logan, you'll be able to potentially use it at some point. Um, but I asked him about being a teenager in Sweden when the Swedes won in Turin in 2006. And I said, what do you, how, where does that take you to? Well, he just happened to describe the goal and who scored it and who had the assists. And a big save by Tommy Sallow down the stretch to preserve it against the Finns. So that would that would probably mean that he's uh, it's something he wants to do quite badly. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Lou, we'll let you go. It's Friday, so you uh, you yep. guys are busy this weekend as you'll be uh, covering the Flames for us. And Sunday night we'll be listening as we get uh, going from the Envision Custom Renovations Hot Stove Lounge with the pregame show at six, play by play at seven. And then uh, on the plane to go see what they can do against Vancouver. It'll be a busy uh, few days with just the way we like it as the preseason begins. No question. We're really looking forward to it and hope everybody is too. Have a great weekend, everybody. Flames Insider, Peter Lubardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. It is Hockey Central right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Thanks so much for keeping us around. So many different ways to listen to the station. You can uh, stream us on our website, sportsnet.ca slash 960. Go to the Radio Player Canada app, the Sportsnet mobile app. You just go to listen. Simple as that. You can tell your smart speaker to play Sportsnet 960. All kinds of cool ways. We appreciate you tuning in for your weekend. We're busy with all kinds of play-by-play this weekend. As the Blue Jays are going to get going against Minnesota, 6 o'clock tonight, we'll go uh, go to Minnesota for Game 2 of that series, and we'll have Game 3 Saturday night, tomorrow night at 5 o'clock, and then high noon on Sunday to wrap things up, and we'll have all the games Tuesday. No, we won't. Tuesday and Thursday, we'll have the uh, Yankees-Blue Jays game with the uh, the Flames playing a preseason game kind of in between that. So, But we will start those games uh, 
uh, their entirety will be on Sportsnet 960, which I'm trying to say. Okay, so there's a couple things going on today. The boys are live on location. The big show back in YYC as uh, they're going to be at uh, at a new place. This is going to be cool. We're going to hear the story about uh, zero latency. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a virtual reality kind of place. And uh, it's going to be pretty cool. I mean, it's going to be really neat. So it's uh, fully licensed. It's a pub-style menu kind of place. And, uh, yeah, you can, uh, you can alter your reality, which maybe we could use right now. Calgary's first virtual reality gaming space, a fully licensed lounge, pool tables, mini arcade, and a whole bunch more. So we'll find out what's happening there at uh, zero latency coming up at the top of the hour. Logan and I are going to dig in a little bit. Uh, the questions were, were hot and heavy for uh, Coach Daryl Sutter. And the one that I, I kind of wanted to, to get into, and I know the guys talked about it, about who is going to be the next team captain. And you, when you look over the, the history of the Calgary Flames, there have been some amazing men who have worn the sea for the Flames, uh, some Hall of Famers, some legends, and uh, and now what? And we'll hear from from Daryl Sutter what he said about that and uh, kind of just talk about, you know, why a captain is so important, especially on a Canadian team in the NHL. We'll do that next in Hockey Central. Hockey Central continues on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Fitness testing results are in. Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about team captain and who may, might be the next team captain, but you've got some... Some information that they've released, the top three. They never give us the bottom three, which I always, no. you know, being the, uh, you know, sarcastic types that we are. We always like to see the that. cynics but that we are. Yeah, no chance we're going to get that. So what do we got for top three? We got top three for veterans and prospects. Okay. Uh, for your prospects, let's start off. Uh, Johannes Schinval. Oh, okay. Number one prospect for fitness testing, followed by Walker Dewar and Colton Pullman. Uh, okay. Too bad for uh, Shinval. He had an injury after a fitness yeah. test, but uh, good to see him on top. And, of course, Mark Giordano, the incumbent, usually on top of fitness testing for the Calgary Flames the last number of years. New king of the mountain. There is a new king of the mountain, Kelly, and it might surprise some people, but I think it's really good news. If you're a Calgary Flames fan, you're looking for this guy to take a step forward this season. Ooh. You're number one in fitness training out of all your veterans, Dylan Dubé. Okay. I, okay. like, I think that is a tremendous thing for the young well, man. Especially like, you coming off a the good off season, especially man? the injury yeah. right towards the end of the season there, where he couldn't play for Team Canada at the Worlds. Yeah, uh, okay. another another young guy on this list at three uh, that I think might be a good thing. Oliver Shillington. Oh, okay. Third That's and uh, number two, a veteran. No real surprise here. I think this guy's probably near the top of the list every year. It's Michael Backlund. Yeah, he's always uh, he's pretty tight. Good for him. That's awesome. Okay, so that's good news. We we also heard from Coach Daryl Sutter yesterday because the question was asked, okay, Mark Giordano is now a Seattle Kraken, and um, it's time for a new captain. And I, I think it's it's a it's a big deal in, in hockey. It's even a bigger deal when it's a Canadian franchise. It's one of those things that sports radio and, and <laughs> blogs and Twitter flip out about, and we, we got – the question was asked, you know, when are you going to name a team captain? And it's like, not so fast. Daryl Sutter kind of talked about what it's, what it's, how important it is, you know, for leadership and that sort of thing. Quite honestly, I've been on championship teams that changed captains, and it was never about the C. It was about the leadership group. And I think that's really important for this team to, to uh, it's not a, you know, that's an earned position. That's not a given position. I love that earned not given which is which maybe it's obvious to some people but uh that could mean a lot of things it, it could be you know we'll see what's going on but when you look about mark giordano who uh, year after year you know he started as in 14 15 after uh, no uh 13 14 after uh, jerome got traded uh Merrill, that was kind of controversial too like is it gonna be mark is it is it gonna be camillary you know staging glenn cross but it turned out to be geo and one of the best but when you look at the the history of the captains of this franchise you had Jerome Ginla for all those years, and I mean, what else? What is? What else can you say about him? But before that, I mean, Craig Conroy still with the organization. Dave Lowry, you know, with with the Jets. Bob Bugner, who is coached at at a, at a high level, obviously in the NHL. Uh, Steve Smith, who was a Warrior and a Stanley Cup uh, champion. Uh, Todd Simpson, 
Um, I think he's selling real estate in, in the Okanagan now. I think so anyway. So he was a couple of years. Theo and then Newendike, Joe Newendike, before he got traded for four years, uh, the, the late, great Brad McCrimmon. And then there was a time where, where Lanny and, and Pep just kind of were like co-captains, right? They would just kind of share it. And then, obviously, Lanny McDonald. I mean, it's it's huge. It's it's a big honor, and it's important to Flames fans. It's important to to hockey. So this will be interesting. And the guys were talking about it. I know you, you were in there, too, talking about, like, who, who the next captain will be. And uh, would it be a Chris Tanev? Will it be, you know, Elias Lindholm, maybe? And if it is Elias Lindholm or Michael Backlund, that would be the first European-born player in Calgary Flames history to be a team captain. So I think that's that's kind of mm-hmm. cool, too. That's kind of an interesting little pot, spot to it. So um, text line's always available, 960-960. If you want to uh, chime in for your your guests or your pick for a team captain, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens with that. Um, I think it'll be Chris Tanoff. That's just my my gut tells me that, but... Yeah, I've I've leaned towards Tanev the entire time. I think that if you listen to what Brad said carefully, uh, I had a training camp the other day when asked specifically about this. They didn't go as far to say that they were naming one, but he, I think it was clear that he said that they weren't. And I think it's a pretty obvious thing you see in some situations where you know you don't have that guy right now and you need some time to figure it out. They just say, look, we're going to go without a captain this year. We have plenty of guys that can wear the A, and that's fine. Yeah. You see that in Buffalo and some other places. But uh, forever, back the fact the that you haven't heard Brad or Daryl specifically come out and say that we're not going to have a captain or that that's not an option for us this year, to me that leans towards the fact that they have some guys in mind. But you need to see them in that environment, and especially that environment now, Kelly, that doesn't have Mark Giordano in it. What does yeah. the locker room look like? post-practice, now the Geo's not there, right? Who is it that's stepping up? Who's grabbing the young guys? When they go on the road, who's doing that? All that kind of stuff. Who's organizing dinner? Who's doing those sort of things? I think they have a couple people in mind, and I think they're being respectful of the process and letting it play out over training camp and through a bit. But at the end of the day, I think they are going to name a captain. I think Tanev makes the most sense from uh, what he brings on the ice. Uh, I think he's well His respected. Yeah. yeah, I think he's well respected when it comes to officials and other teams, uh, as far as you know that sort of respect level from someone that wears the C. I think with his contract too. Uh, I don't think that Lucic takes himself out of it, but I think that's a shorter term one. I think you want to give, you, you don't want this to be a year in year out thing. I don't think the Flames organization uh, gives the C out lightly, and I don't think they want it to be a thing that changes every handful of years. So with Tanev having at least three more years under contract here, that's a really good solid time. At the end of his contract, if things change or he's not here, maybe some of your younger guys, uh, Kachuk maybe in a couple of years there, that can take that role over from him. But I think for now, Tanev makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I think, you know, as Daryl said, leadership is all about the collective. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. And it's not just one guy that does all the heavy lifting. No. If you look at the big teams, the big championship teams, you know, you'd have your team captain, but you'd also have, if, if it was a forward, then you'd have the, the leader of the defense. You'd have, you know, the special teams leader. And, and, and leadership comes in different ways. And it manifests itself in different ways. Some guys are loud. And, and, and boy, you know, the, the Mark Messier's of the world and other guys, Jerome McGinley wasn't like that. No. He did it on the ice. He showed the way he practiced, the way he prepared for games. Just do what he does. And the same thing with Gio. They, you know, they said, if you're, if you're a young defenseman, just do what he does, and you'll be fine. Yep. And, and that's as simple as that. So we'll wait and see. But uh, I wanted to kind of highlight some of the great, you know, just kind of review some of the great uh, captains that have been here in Calgary over the years. It's Maybe. not a conversation that comes up very often here. No, no. It, we've like, we've yeah. had two of these we, in my lifetime that yeah. I can remember. I know we for have a while more, it was. We have more premiers of the province than we do uh, captains yeah. of, the, of the Calgary Flames. All right. Uh, Frank Saravelli, who, by the way, is going to be one of our new hockey insiders. So glad to have him on. He starts next week, but we're going to steal some of his stuff uh, that he did with Toronto coming up next. All kind of, like he talks about Buffalo a little bit in there. and Yeah, trying to get behind all of the uh, Jack Eichel failed physical, which I think you knew was going to happen as he's got a neck injury. They're looking the for captain. a captain too now, yeah, right? They sure are. Uh, three pretty big RFAs not at training camps in Vancouver and Ottawa. Uh, what's the latest on those? you got to be a little nervous if you're Vancouver right now. Your two best players 
uh, are across the uh, continent did over Did OEL catch his breath yet? Is he still, yeah. like, just gasping? Or how's, how did that work out for him? <laughs> I oh, don't. Boy. Apparently, that's a regular thing in Vancouver, just for people to understand that the, that's a tradition in Vancouver that day one is, Exhaust is your bag place. skate day. And if you were smoking a pack of cools all summer long, you're probably in for a, a bad day. But I don't think anybody does that anymore. I think, the, But anybody thinking that it was a hard-nosed stance by the organization, I think it's just a... Day one, we we Look, skate. Let's see how it's a, ready it's, you are for day it's one. It's a silly tradition. Yeah. Not, yeah. Okay. Good for you. Uh, well, they do give out the Stanley Cup in September. That's Absolutely, what I, yeah, that's they what do. I, yeah. Or they're going to. Uh, September nine uh, coming up uh, next week already. Sportsnet nine sixty uh, heading out to Canmore, Alberta. Look out! We're going to be there for Can Golf. The grand opening continues. Ryan Pinder, Luke Alvey, your chance to uh, win kind of a special VIP tour. We'll. Uh, We'll have you kind of test out those simulators, and Luke will show you how they work and give you 250 bucks to spend there. It's kind of a cool prize, and the boys will do the morning show out there as well. All brought to you by Can Golf, the newest hotspot in Canmore, featuring five state-of-the-art simulators and the best-of-the-bow food and drinks menu and a big event space, too. So they, uh, they're they just getting started out there in the mountains. So, uh, And the boys are always, you know, they get, they get away, they talk sports, get to golf a little bit, and... Uh, have some fun, so that'll be kind of fool, uh, fun to, to check out. All right, uh, Saravelli is next right here on Hockey Central. This is Hockey Central on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Big show with Steinberg and Nolt coming up after 2 o'clock. The guys will be live on location back in YYC at zero latency. We'll find out that story come on after 2 o'clock. Baseball at 6. It'll be Minnesota. And the Toronto Blue Jays, who uh, really did not do well last night at all. Kind of kind of crappy. A couple guys got hurt. Pitching kind of wasn't great. So now they got to... That was their game in hand they had on New York, and now it's gone. So now you got three more against Minnesota and then three against New York, and those are very important. We'll have them for you right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Tonight's game at 6. Tomorrow night's at 5. And then Sundays at 12 and our first preseason game for the Calgary Flames. Looking forward to that. We'll be on the uh, on the radio coming up uh, 6 o'clock with our Flames warm-up show for Mr. Fireplace. We'll do that from the Envision Custom Renovations Hot Stove Lounge at 6 o'clock Sunday night, 7 o'clock. Derek and Lou and Pat have the call for you. Flames and Oilers, the first preseason game. And then they uh, do it all again from Vancouver the next night. Simple as that. Looking forward to it. Okay, it is... Uh, it's past being a soap opera. Uh, it's one of those things, if you run a professional sports team, you don't want all this attention for the wrong reasons. And unfortunately, there have been some teams in the NHL that, that get this attention. And, Logan, it is squarely on the Buffalo Sabres, where it's, it's not even as simple as, hey, trade me, get me out of here. It's, it's way more than that. And I guess what we're trying to find out is, what exactly is going to happen with Jack Eichel? And so we um, we got our uh, our new insider, he, uh, Frank Cervelli, joined the guys from Toronto, and that's where they started the conversation. What is going on in Buffalo with Jack Eichel? It, I mean, it's kind of at a standstill, is it not? I mean, here I mean, here's what it really ultimately boils down to: is it's been incredibly difficult to complete any sort of trade or really engage in substantive discussions because. His health is in question, and the Buffalo Sabres have held firm on what they believe is the best best path forward for Jack Eichel with that fusion surgery. He'd like to have an artificial disc replacement, and you can't ask for full Jack Eichel asking price knowing that he, he's not healthy. That's what they've done to this point, um, and... Teams are balking at that, saying, we, we don't know where this stands. We, you know, we can't pay the full healthy Jack Eichel price without Jack Eichel being healthy. And so I think what's next to come in the process, now that he's failed the physical, now that he's been stripped of the captaincy, is can these two sides come together and find a way to move forward on the health front and do so in a timely manner because it helps not just the Buffalo Sabres, in the long run by getting a transaction completed. And the other part is it also helps Jack Eichel move forward with his career. 
Frank, a story that's caught my eye the most, I can't turn away from, is the vaccination status of certain players. Josh Archibald didn't skate with his team yesterday. Um, what happens with guys like him? I know Bodie Wild is another with the Islanders. What do you expect to come of these guys, Tyler Bertuzzi, who decide that they don't want to get vaccinated, but they want to play in the NHL this year? Yeah, Justin, you played a long time, and, and you know that I think really the truth is that how far a team is willing to bend for you depends on how good you are. How It's just like any sort of player that's right. drafted gets a much longer runway, a much longer look. Teams are more invested in the pick as opposed to a guy that's an undrafted free agent that's signed. And so I think the same sort of leeway exists in terms of the vaccination status. Um, Tyler Bertuzzi is of the players that we know of at this point that are remaining unvaccinated. And I believe the number is down into the single digits league wide. Um, Tyler Bertuzzi is the best player of that group. And so he's also playing on a U.S. team where he'd probably have to miss nine games. So I think the Red Wings, given where they're at um, in their, their rebuild, so to speak, if you can even call it that, it feels like it's gone on forever. Um, you know, missing nine games, probably not the end of the world. And so guys end up missing nine games for all sorts of reasons. So if he can stay healthy otherwise, um, that it might even give his back a break. And they say, okay, we're willing to bend a little bit on Tyler Bertuzzi. And then you sort of go down the scale and you look at, you know, uh, Archibald in, in Edmonton, a fourth-line guy that uh, doesn't, you know, necessarily check all the boxes but happens to be have a big fan i believe in his coach and dave tippett so he's going to get less of a runway than bertuzzi but perhaps more than a guy that's fighting to crack the roster and so again it's it's not a long runway with josh archibald especially playing in on a canadian team you're looking at the oilers said 30 games potentially that he misses um due to his inability to travel and the quarantine restrictions that would be in place. He essentially can't, at a certain point, won't be able to leave Edmonton. He could drive the games in Calgary mm-hmm. if the team would allow it. But at a certain point, I believe the, the, the plan across Canada is to have, even on domestic flights, that everyone must be vaccinated. So he probably wouldn't, at a certain point, be able to play in Ottawa or Montreal or even Vancouver. So it, it puts players in really tough spots. Um, and for guys that are fringe players, like a Zach Ronaldo, uh, like a Joel Esperance in Dallas, um, those guys are simply they're just going to say, look, you can play in the AHL or you can not play at all. It's your choice. So you can either get the vax or you can live with the consequences. Yeah, the uh, the NHL and I'd bet to a certain extent the Players Association are are very happy they're not having this issue pop up with uh, somebody of of more a note. And yeah, who knows? Maybe uh, a guy like Bertuzzi is the new market efficiency for a uh, a still rebuilding team. Uh, not that I'd uh, encourage it at all. Talking to Frank Saravelli of the Daily Faceoff here on Sportsnet today, Brent Gunning, Justin Bourne alongside me. You know, there's still some pretty high profile RFA's that need deals to get done. You know, typically camp starting up is one pressure point. Okay, if that didn't move the needle, I guess the next one would be the start of the season. You know, of the kind of the the three high profile ones that I'm thinking of, unless I'm forgetting someone of of Kachuk, Pedersen, and, and Hughes. You know, who who do you think is most likely to get a deal done quickest, or are we in kind of a, a similar holding pattern with all three of those guys? I would think it's Brady Kachuk in Ottawa, um, and part of that is because I think. You know, while they haven't obviously gotten over the finish line, I think there's some general parameters on the table in terms of what term and dollars would look like. It's about working through structure, signing bonus, uh, any sort of clauses that would be in play. And so I think it's been really positive on that front. Like, um, you know, talks have been super cordial. I think it's gone on pretty well. And obviously they'd like to have him in camp as soon as possible. So, um you know, I would think it's Kachuk, and, and I think at a certain point, the closer they get, if they can't get that long-term deal done, that they pivot to a shorter-term contract. Um, but then out, out west with, uh, with Pedersen and Hughes, it's just um, it, it's, it's a fascinating dynamic because unlike in Ottawa where there's virtually unlimited cap space, 
you're dealing with the cap that Vancouver has. If you move Furland to LTIR, you're looking at just uh, just over $14 million in space. How do you divide that between two guys that uh, really, when they're at the top of their game, are the heartbeat of your team, at both um, on the front end and the back end? And so the the complication and the dynamic that's in play is that they're also both represented by the same agency. And so that sort of take thing, takes things to another level. How do you divide this pie? Uh, is there one player in the group that is more interested in a longer-term deal, maybe a mid-term five, five-year deal like the Kaprizov contract for Pedersen? Does that help sort of set the table? And then what does the Rasmus Dahlin contract do to set the market for, for Quinn Hughes on a bridge deal? Could you do something like that? Would the two players be comfortable like that? Um, is the team comfortable doing it like that, or are we both heading for both players to get uh, a bridge deal that sort of is in line with their cap and keeps everyone reasonably happy with enough carrot at the end of the stick for these guys to go out and chase that next payday? Frank, what should fans t- uh, expect from their local beat writers, their media members, in terms of coverage of their teams this year? Last year it was all, yeah, we'd ask some questions on Zoom and that's all we get to do. Uh, should there be better coverage or more access in the season ahead? There will be a little bit. And what you can expect, and I'm putting on my president of the Professional Hockey Writers Association. I thought you might. Uh, continued is that, excellent. Is, Frank, is that yeah. hat a fedora? <laughs> is that a fedora, <laughs> that hat? Uh, yeah, I got the little, like, press, like, 1960-style yeah. press tag right in the front of it, too. Um, but, like, really, I'm amazed at the content that people were able to create last year, given the Zoom environment. It's not easy. Um, first off, you're dealing with a limited group of players. You can't talk to who you want to. You can't talk for the length you want to. You get one question. Everyone can hear it and see it. It's broadcast everywhere. It's a tough spot. And, and look, I, I realize that people listening are like playing the, the world's smallest violin with any sort of complaints that are levied, and, and we're not complaining. Um, you know, I think the access is going to be better this year. It's still fluid. There's teams are still determining and trying to figure out what is the best way forward. Um, how, what's the best way we can protect our players and allow media to get better coverage and do their jobs better. And so a lot of teams are doing uh, sort of set up a stanchion where media can stand six feet back. Everyone's fully vaccinated and wearing a mask uh, from the media side and it's a controlled environment. And so we're on board with that. We'd love to see locker rooms open and in certain cities they will. Um, we appreciate the access that we're getting in terms of uh, the NHL. You know, it seems to be better than what is available to some of the other major pro sports leagues in North America. And I think the other part moving forward is like the thing that we've stressed is, look, health and safety is important for all of us in, in the media, um, in the workplace. But we wanted to remind teams and the league that as media members, you know coming in, having seen our Vax cards, having wear us, having us wear masks, that we're able to have conversations with players and do so in a safe manner because, let's face it, who's kidding who? Once those players leave the rink, no one knows what they're getting into or what they're, getting, what they're up to. Not to say it's anything nefarious, but just going to the grocery store, going to eat at a restaurant. They might be dealing with a server that is not vaccinated and is not wearing a mask. And, and so we think that with this controlled environment, we can do it in a safe and effective way. And, um, you know, we're all looking forward to more access. No, that's uh, that, that's well said, and yeah, thank you for putting on uh, that that hat for you. Who better to ask than the uh, president president of the uh, Pro Hockey Writers Association? You know, speaking of access, you had a chance to sit down with Mark Andre Fleury. You know, that guy's had maybe you know of all of the careers in the last twenty years or so, his might be the most interesting. Guy's been a part of uh, you know a couple of cup teams and played in a couple of real high profile markets, starred for an expansion team. You know, now he finds himself in Chicago. You know, what did you what did you learn about you know Fleury's ex? from from Vegas and just in general what'd you take out of your your chat with him which I have thoroughly enjoyed by the way well yeah thank you and the story is up on on dailyfaceoff.com you're right what a career first overall pick you know thrown in the league at age 19 and 
a rebuilding team. Sid comes along, you win three Stanley Cups, and you're not even the starter for two of them, so to speak. Matt Murray comes in and takes over, and then you go to Vegas, and in the twilight of your career, you win the Vezina, and then you're unceremoniously traded for nothing. For nothing. The first, it's been forever since a reigning Vezina Trophy winner was traded in the immediate offseason following. Dominic Hasek, I think it was in 2002, going to Detroit. And in this case, what lingers is the hurt. It's not, it's not so much the trade, but in my conversation with him, it's how it was handled. He had stressed in the story that he had called the Golden Knights and their GM, Kelly McCrimmon, multiple times um, leading up to, you know, throughout the offseason leading up to the trade, saying, what's going on here? Where, you know, where do things stand? Am I being moved? Am I not? Am I being shopped? You know, give me some details. And, and his, he was told from the Golden Knights that we, we're not sure what we're doing. There have been teams that are interested that have called, but we, we haven't made up our mind. We don't know what we're doing. His agent called, got the same sort of indication. And then July 27th, he finds out on Twitter that he's traded. And so that stings. It's not just for what he's accomplished. It's also what he poured into the experience in Vegas. You remember the expansion draft night in, in Vegas at the arena, how celebrated he was. Uh, it was like a star-studded event. That was Celine Dion, the next great French act, French-Canadian act, starring it, uh, on the strip <laughs> in Vegas. And he came in and delivered, gets that team to the cup final, and then gets traded and finds out on Twitter. I think just the lack of courtesy heads up uh, in a, from a franchise where he thought he'd retire with and live in Vegas after the fact, well, it took him a while. He's shell-shocked. Obviously, it took him a few days to figure out that he even wanted to continue playing. And so picks it up in Chicago, and I think he's happy, and I think he's going to have a good year. But to say that there's no lingering discord, I think, would probably uh, be throwing a lot under the rug. There you go, Frank Saravelli on our sister station, Sportsnet 590, a little bit earlier on today. He'll start his weekly hits with us here in Calgary starting next week. We're over time. They'll do it for Hockey Central on a Friday. The big show with Pat Steinberg and Will Nault. Up next, Calgary Flames day two at training camp continues and more on the big show here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.